Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. The strong, the powerful Vance Bars has returned to Money Savage. Welcome back, Vance. Thank you very much for having me, George. Vance Bars is a wealth strategist, and he is the founder of Your Dedicated Fiduciary. I'm excited to have you back on. Vance, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I'm very happily married. I have two kids under the age of three, so I am living someone's dream and someone else's nightmare, George. (laughs) (laughs) All at the same time. There's never a dull moment here in the Bars household. We are stir-crazy. We are happy. We live in San Diego where the weather's nice, so we've been making the absolute best of the COVID situation and um, very lucky to have additional time to spend with my family. Nice. Amen. So last time we talked, you shared that at one point in your life you had long hair and a beard, and here we are talking on April the 16th, not able to get haircuts. How's, how's, how's that all working out for you? <clears throat> I'm looking more and more by the day, like the <laughs> me from 2014 okay. that looked like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks at the end of Forrest Gump when he yeah, had the nice. real long hair and the big beard, you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere near that length. Um, but I've told clients that I'm not shaving until COVID is officially done. That might be a while. And they've all said, we think that that's a great idea. And, um, you know, they value the fact that I once grew my hair out to almost down to my waist to donate to charity. And I don't know that I will do that again, but, um, you know, it's certainly fun to think about. And, um, now is the time better than ever. Right. To answer your question about what I do, I'm a comprehensive financial planner. I spent roughly a decade traveling the country full-time consulting, typically private wealth advisors at wirehouses, RAAs, family offices and of course independent broker dealers specifically on how to invest in using institutional alternative investments so i learned much more than i ever bargained for in that role george uh certain things like what are the different platform goals at those institutions what do those advisors provide from a service and planning standpoint to their clients what do they not provide clients et cetera, et cetera. So after about a decade of that, I realized that there are some things about the investment industry that I might not be able to change, but I can fill in the planning gaps that I often observed that exist in the financial planning process and decided to transition into this role. Nice. Love it. So what is top of mind for you right now as we're sheltering in place and and wearing face masks and, and everything else? P-M-A, which is an acronym for Positive Mental Attitude. Nice. <laughs> I say that because 
every day seems like a movie that is a combination of a C-rated sci-fi flick and Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. And it's just day after day with uncertainty. And, you know, as, as I've shared with you, we live in a gigantic neighborhood with lots of families and people are walking around outside with face masks, gloves, you know, the, the latex gloves. And typically they have glasses. I've seen some people with face shields walking around. I mean, it, it's just surreal to think about. And there's so much uncertainty. And for a lot of people, that uncertainty is unnerving, understandably. There are millions of Americans right now that are unemployed. People are in financial triage mode. And there's a lot of panic and a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty. We are a nation that is living in its amygdala function within the brain. So given all that as the backdrop with really no concrete, objectifiable understanding of when this will end, I think it's really important, at least for me, and at least for our family, to maintain a positive mental attitude. So we are taking action. We go outside. We enjoy the nice weather. We are playing games. Uh, you know, the, we, we ordered puzzles. It's amazing. Uh, you can order puzzles online. They show up. <laughs> it's great. And, you know, you play. I mean, it, we're just making the best of it, you know? We, we don't know how long this is going to last. We haven't had a pandemic like this in a little over a hundred years. I think the last one was the so-called Spanish flu. That was, you know, an epidemic of this magnitude. So we're in unusual times and unusual times call for unusual measures. And we're just making the best of it. Yeah. Well, amen on that. I mean, it, it is very easy to, to, to not have a good attitude during this time to feel like, and, and you know what, there's a lot of people out there that, that, that are sick, and so I'm going to qualify this statement by saying for people that are actually suffering from the disease, for people that have lost their jobs and are struggling to, to make ends meet, struggling to pay bills, that's, that's another animal. But for those people who are just in a position where it's, it's, it's an inconvenience or it, it's not a catastrophic impact on their family, being able to manage your, 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 your emotions and your thinking and then your your actual behaviors, particularly, and perhaps we can sort of transition to that, is you know how 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 are you counseling people to look at the stock market, to look at the economy, to look at their investments right now, their financial lives? I'm advising them to look at their investments in the broad context of history because we have had market volatility, uh, volatility that we have not seen since 1987. And in my recent distribution that I send to the families that I serve, it was the first one, George, that has actually ever included graphs because most people, <laughs> chlorophyll, more like chlorophyll, they don't want to look at graphs, you know? What am I, in 10th grade, huh? Come on, Vince. But I use the visuals because words often leave uh, a lot on the table when it comes to understanding the true impact 
And, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And I think that there are more than a thousand words that are needed to describe the economic environment that we're in. But nonetheless, I showed graphs that outline volatility in 1987 versus now. To show the precipitous drop in equities that we saw this year, comparing that to 2008 and 2001, because many of the families that I served had money in capital markets back when we went through the Great Recession, which was anything but great, and the dot-com bust. So they remember that, and it's natural for them to, and for anyone, to have fears because of the level of uncertainty and I mean, just, just think about the transition just a little over a month ago, we were at record unemployment stock markets domestically were at all time highs. I mean, things, things were good, right? Yeah. The, the economy was a locomotive going largely full speed ahead. Yeah. I understand uh, the central bank's hand in that. I understand monetary policy, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, all things considered, the economy was uh, moving. And then the power switch was turned off, and 70-plus percent of our economy is service-based, and a very large percentage of those businesses have largely been forced to shut down. And so there's, there's a lot of concern. But I explained, hey, you know what? Looking back over the years in your investing career, we made it through 2008. We made it through the pig straight. We made it through the dot-com era. You made it through 1987. And up until two Thursdays ago, I had received zero panic calls. None. <laughs> I received a lot of calls from financial advisors that I used to consult, two of whom were in tears. They're just going, this, man, this could be it. This could be the one. And they're very nervous, understandably. But I have not received panic calls from clients, uh, generally speaking. And I had a couple two weeks ago, independently of one another, reach out and say, look, for our non-retirement money, you have to sell us the cash because things are so dire with our business. You know, one is an owner of a chain of orthodontics practices. And this individual said, I don't care how much money the government is going to provide in stimulus. My burn rate is thousands per month. I won't mention it on air, but thousands per month. And I have $200,000 in my business checking account. So that gets me through the next X amount of months. And then I'm done. So if the economy doesn't come back, and by the way, I've had 700 of 900 appointments in the month of March cancel. My auto pay clients have turned their credit cards off. The insurance providers aren't sending patients in. <laughs> I'm in a world of hurt. Yeah. So, you know, we've had this, uh, this bump off the bottom and I want to go ahead and sell it. I understand the implications of it, but if push comes to shove and I need to access that money, I simply can't endure any additional downside risk. How do you argue with that logic? Can't. I, I I really don't think you can. And you use a term called "sell us the cash." That's I've never heard that before. So that's just simply we will pay any kind of a penalty because we need the cash. So that's an interesting term. So it's 
It's, yeah, it's non-retirement money or non-qualified money, which is in a taxable account, if you will, which is in this particular person's case, a trust account. And there were some positions that were up. There are other positions that were underwater relative to, uh, you know, cost basis. And so I could argue that it's an opportunity to do some tax loss harvesting to create some cash, but, but this person laid out a scenario where uh, there, there would be a fundamental need for cash to last for several more months. And very generous business owner did not want to lay off any of the employees. And he was very comfortable creating a tax loss to essentially use as an intangible asset, knowing that throughout the balance of his life, there will be um, other gains that we can use to offset quote unquote that loss. So, um, you know, it's just one of the things that uh, has presented itself under COVID, but most people understand that we're in a period of heightened uncertainty and likely heightened volatility. And just because we have that facing us at the moment doesn't mean that we should derail our investment objectives per the investment policy statement for portfolio. Yeah, appreciate that. So in, in terms of perspective, this is, I mean, I'm, I'm always, always looking for opportunities to, to take a step back and, and, and get a sense of where I am in the world and, and all that good stuff. How, how do you think that, that people are perhaps could use this to their benefit, assuming that we do get past this? The coronavirus event through which we are progressing, some might call it trudging, but whatever we want to call it, it's an opportunity to revisit that which is truly most important to us. And typically, the items that are most important are not material items at all. How do we want to spend our time? With whom do we want to spend our time? Do we have any particular um, religious beliefs that we, you know, and a lot of clients do, um, you know, are they using this time to practice faith? Um, are we wanting to spend more time with family? I mean, there's so many different realizations that people are having right now, because if you can't go to work because you're either unemployed or you can't conduct your normal routine business, you now have this time to think. And what I have observed is that for the clients that I serve, they are using this time very wisely to think about how they want to spend more of their time now and also moving forward once uh, we get through the coronavirus contagion. Yeah, I think that that's excellent right there. And those are, those are questions that you would think that or rather that we ought to be asking ourselves all the time, but unless we ask ourselves the questions, then we don't know the answer to those questions. So, hey, And you know what, George? I bring up the religious aspect of it, not because of any personal belief, but I'm just sharing anecdotally what clients have brought up. One client called and said, you know, um, I'm of an age that if I get this, based on what the news is saying, I have a high degree of likelihood of dying. And, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to church and I was raised in a church and 
Um, I, it's just been years and you know, I'm leaving it up to the universe and God at this point. But when this thing is said and done, I think I'm going to start going back to church. And I went, Hey, you know what? Great idea. You know, um, other families have said, it's been a long time since we have had a large family reunion. And, and one of the things that I offer as part of my service to the families I serve is uh, the opportunity for families to get together in a family reunion type of situation. Um, I had one most recently in early January up in the Inland Empire area of uh, Southern California, which is sort of east of Los Angeles, north of San Diego. And it's great. And they've shared, you know, we haven't seen our family in Maryland in a really long time. And I really want to get together with them because we've just gotten so involved in the day-to-day running of our business and our neo-local family here in the house that I think it would be great. And those are some wonderful things to look forward to when this is all said and done. Yeah, really, really refocusing on what your absolute priorities are. It's family, it's spirituality, it's, it's community, it's, 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 it's your health. I mean, if you are not doing that right now, if you're not refocusing those things, I think that you are really missing, really missing out. So, something. I mean, think about that. What a time to sit and understand deeply and clearly what is so important to you. Starting each day with a gratitude list. What are you most thankful for? In a world of uncertainty and in an environment that lacks really any predictability with certainty, what is most important to you, right? And, and the answers to those questions are worthy of exploration because pre-COVID, think about how many people thought, oh, man, I'd, I'd really like just a break. I just want to hit the pause button. Yeah. The pause button has been hit for an unknown amount of time. And this is an opportunity to, to revisit the core of us and what makes us human and what we value most. And I'll just leave it at that. No, I love it. Do the work, man. Get a pen and paper. Start writing this stuff down and think about those categories. That's something that I do all the time. And it's only because... Uh, you know, I, I get to talk to so many smart people and they give me great ideas and I then take and implement those ideas and it's helped me immensely. And, to, you know, I think everything you're talking about is, is so important and so valuable for people to be taking, for lack of a better term, advantage of during this time. So I love it. Well, Vance, you've already given us a handful of difference making tips, but give us another one or, or reinforce one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I started the call by saying um, that I'm focused on PMA or positive mental attitude. The difference-making tip is maintain perspective. What we're going through right now is causing a lot of people pain and confusion and duress and fear and anxiety. This too shall pass, and it's easy to say that. But this is all relative. And I think that once we have either a vaccine or a cure or both, and we're free to move about, we're free to leave our homes, we'll look back and go, what did we learn during this period? Like, as a, as a human being, what did I learn? And the thing is, we can't control any of this, none of it. 
Not a single ounce or single iota of what is going on right now. But we can't control our attitudes. So maintaining perspective and understanding that ultimately this is temporary and then ultimately this too shall pass, I think can be very helpful. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely is. Come on. Come on. Vance, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? My website, vancebars.com. I'm fortunate to have a great relationship with the fourth estate. So if you visit vancebars.com, please do click on news in the top right. And, of course, got to love the FinTwit community. So if you're on Twitter, it's at vancebars. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Vance your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to vancebars.com. That's V-A-N-C-E-B-A-R-S-E.com. Click on news, see what he's been up to, and then follow him on Twitter as well. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Vance. Thank you very much, George. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.